Hello. Hi, John. Oh, it's Merlin Mann. Oh, I, I didn't see you there. How's it going, John Roderick? It, oh, it's uh, it's going just fine. How's it going over there? Oh, you know, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, fine. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk about COVID today. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> is that right? Today's no. the day that you're not doing it. Well, I guess I already just did. So, oh. kind of broke the seal on that. Ah, I've uh, I've got a, uh, I've got some chainsaws outside. Today. Oh, nice. What are they chainsawing? Well, the people down below. <laughs> the people down below. The people down below. Okay. That, that come in I, the is, night. Is that a John Carpenter movie? <laughs> they come in the night and they they make the toilet seat cold. Uh-huh. Okay. They're called the they're called the tweeters and the woofers. Okay. Oh, okay. Mm. No, there's somebody's developing a piece of property down the hill from here. And um they hired these guys to come clear some of the some of the trees. And uh they were they're they're out there with the chainsaws. And they were there on, what, on Friday, I guess, and then they took the weekend off. They're there again today. And, um, you know, I watched them work for a while, and they were obviously like a -a slap-a-dash kind of organization. Hmm. The guy in charge has that kind of look. Well, he has the look that Skeeter used to have, which is the look of somebody that has an all-alcohol lunch. (laughs) Just, just the sort of person you want being uh, Captain Chainsaw. Yeah, up on the up on the top of the tree with a chainsaw, and then the other guys working for him. One of them seems like a guy that also, also has alcohol for lunch. <laughs> and you the think other, they have it in a bowl or a mug. <laughs> yeah, <that's>, you know, <laughs> like a spacho. They share. They share. They share one spoon. But then there's a third guy who looks like a really browbeaten 30-year-old that's maybe was a veteran and or is a veteran and then fell out the bottom. His wife left him or something. He just looks like a really bedraggled 30-year-old and they yell at him all the time. And he just like keeps his eyes to the ground, kind of just be- beaten down. Have you given him a name? Uh, no, there, there's – so there's Skeeter too. Who's the guy in charge? Okay. And then the the other guy is like um he's a blonde guy, like kind of light blonde hair. He seems like the kind of fella that might have been a might have thought he had a career in professional like professional wake wakeboarding. Oh. He seems seems like twenty five years ago he might have felt like he had a future in professional wakeboarding. Is he too old to be a Tyler? No, he's exactly the he's like the oldest Tyler. Oh, so interesting. Okay. Let's call him the oldest Tyler. Okay. And then the young the youngest guy is like a Brendan. He sounds like a Chris. Or he could be a Chris. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I haven't seen I haven't seen the man, but but if he's got that sort of that that hangdog look. You know, there's a there's a place I imagine this is not unique to San Francisco, but um and I'm not trying to cast an aspersion but there's a there's a cool uh program here in town that works with people who i think it's mostly folks who are recovering from one thing or another and they do a uh they've got a moving service they've got a christmas tree delivery service right they've got all these things where it's kind of like a goodwill type model of giving people you know um training and you know a job do you think let me put it this way. If these three folks, if, uh, if, uh, if was a Skeeter two, Tyler, oldest Tyler and young Chris, um, if they were associated with an organization like that, what do you think, what do you think that uh, program would be focusing on? Well, so I do agree with you 100% that, um, that these three fellows that I've met so far are, um, they do not not resemble the people that you're describing, but I think that these three have yet to find uh, a safe harbor. Mm. Oh, these three okay. are they're they're in the wild still, and it's because Skeeter Two runs a tight ship. Um, <laughs> as tight a ship as can be run by right. a man who has a lunch of alcohol. Sure. 
mm-hmm. if you're drinking if you're if you're drinking uh, alcohol out of a soup bowl at lunch, like a terrine. <laughs> and I do feel like Chris is a good name for the to the third guy because he looks like the kind of guy that might die in a in a in a school bus that's been parked on a lot. Somewhere. Oh, that's such a Chris way to die. And it's a really Chris way to die. Yeah, yeah. But so I'm watching him work, and I'm feeling like the guy up in the tree. You know, when you're doing when you're doing uh, danger work, I watch I watch guys doing danger work to see how much they um, how much they take the time to get their ropes straight, and how much they just say fuck it. Yeah, I you mean, know, you, like you talk about an example of you know, uh, I believe it was Bob Vila or maybe Norm who said you know major twice cut once. You want to yes. you want to check those ropes a bunch of times. I'm guessing. And watching this guy, he's checking his ropes. You know, he's like, he could lean out a little bit and hit that that rogue branch with the with the chainsaw, and there's a ninety two percent chance that it would just fall where he wants it to. But instead, he puts the chainsaw down and he hikes up the ropes and he gets himself into a into you know like a slightly better position and i was like hmm interesting looking at him i wouldn't think that he was mr safety but maybe that's why he's still working in the tree business and as far as you could tell um they appear to have all of the parts that would generally be vulnerable to a tree born uh, saw accident yes they do and also although you know there might be like one or two unsightly yeah picky toe or something yeah but also they have a truck, which is, well, I'd say it was in the, you know, it was definitely in the middle 50% of landscaper trucks. Um, and they have a wood chipper, which is an industrial sized thing. So they either oh have. God, they- there's so many. I've never watched those TV shows about crabbing ships. They say that's mm-hmm. a, a very dangerous job. It sounds like there's a lot of things that could go wrong with this particular occupation. I think there are. And crabbing ships are a great, uh, and I think we say crab boats, although, you know, okay. I always get confused with the ships and the boats. But um, I believe that the guys working on this crew are also the type of people that could have been commercial fishermen and might still be commercial fishermen mm-hmm. in the off season, what we call the mm-hmm. off season. Well, you, had, you had a pal that did that. Uh, too many pals. Mm-hmm. Too many pals hmm. that did that. But I noticed in watching them work over the course of a day, because they were chainsawing all day, uh, about the third time I went down there, I said, you know, the one problem here with this crew and this and all their stuff is their chainsaws are too small. You know, when he was lopping branches off of an alder tree, sure, he's got a little chainsaw. Is that a, little, is that a softer sort of uh, wood? Well, it's just he's up he's up in the trees, loft he's, he's lopping branches. That's mm-hmm. what I would say, lopping them. And so he's got a chainsaw that's like a branch lopper. Okay. But then they're down on the ground, they're chopping down whole trees, and they're still doing them. They're still doing this work with these little lopper chainsaws. It seems to me, I am by no means a chainsaw expert, but it seems right. to me that, uh, first of all, if you're professional, you would need the tools that you need. But it, most especially, it seems to me that your chainsaw should be longer in length than the much longer, well, at least a good deal longer than the tree is in uh, diameter. See, there you go, right there. Mm-hmm. That I think Merlin is exactly right. There's all kinds of ways that could that could that could break bad. Not least the tree could go kahump a little bit on your chainsaw. And now it's spinning around, and mm. now you got a, you got a real you know Wes Craven type situation. Sure, you're in a bad situation. Bad situation. But Ooh. also, you're working a lot harder. You're not working. You're working harder, not smarter. Sure. Sure. Because you're out there trying to trying to cut this big log apart with this little – I'm not going to say it's a dinky chainsaw. It's a fine chainsaw. Probably all the chainsaw I would ever need. Mm-hmm. But these are professional landscapers. They should have yeah. a big chainsaw in their repertoire. So watching them, I'm like, hmm. I knew there was something sketchy about these guys just from looking at them. But it's the small chainsaws. That caused me to take another look. 
And then it, I wasn't watching them at the time, but I was out, uh, I was walking around somewhere else and suddenly I was like, who do I know that had a too small chainsaw? Hmm. Is it Psalm? <laughs> it's a, it's a psalm. <laughs> and um and then I remembered a guy had come by the farm when I was getting ready to move and he said, Hey, you want me to clean up some brush around here? And I was like, Yeah, sure. Uh I don't have you know, I don't have like a ton of money, but I can pay you uh, in cash. And he was like, Great. And he had this team of like four or five really young people felt like it, it, it that did feel kind of like a um like a sober work party or something you know like a group <laughs> of people in in uh who are in crisis but <laughs> let's as, give these men chainsaws yeah let's well but yeah. they you know i don't think they got the chainsaws the the guy no, i understand you, you check them out like you would a rifle right exactly and they were out in the yard, and I was doing something else. I was working uh, with Psalm on some kind of windowsill. And I came back around, and they had chopped a bunch of branches off. And the, and the kids, the group of five kids, also had that really browbeaten kind of like staring at the ground. You know, I, I, I talked to one, I addressed one of them and they looked all scared like I was talking directly to them. And then I remembered the guy that was running that operation looked like a skeeter. He looked like a, he looked like a guy that was, that was drinking alcohol with a soup spoon. So interesting. And then I thought, wait a minute, that guy's chainsaw was too small. And then Whoa. it was like one of those scenes where the where the the focus gets all hyper focused, yeah. <laughs> like one of those jaws, like one of those rack focus things. Or you zoom in on on Roy Scheider, exactly. Yeah, tunnel vision type situation. It was a tunnel vision situation. Yes, and I and I realized, is this the same guy? They both look like Skeeter. They both have brow beaten employees. They both have chainsaws that are too small. Is it possible that the guy that was like walking around my neighborhood soliciting tree pruning and he did a bad job mm -hmm. is this guy who's out here in a completely different part of town with i have to say a much better truck this time and he's also i think doing a bad job with a too small chance so could it be mm -hmm. so i went down to uh to take another look at these guys and they've got like a whole, they've got like three trucks. Um, there's a dog in the cab of one of the trucks. That's hmm. like a he healthy looking dog, healthy looking dog. Okay. So I start talking to the, to the big guy, the chief saying like, well, you know, up there in the tree there, you got the, you got to do the thing with the, uh, <laughs> Has that got the Jim Jam on it, or is that the one with the um, the, the the flim spanner? And he does some of that talk with me back, a little bit of the old, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the old back and forth, sure. playing the dozens with him. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, I think this this got to be the guy. He's in better shape. Like that would like be he, so wild. He cut his hair, maybe. Okay. He's got. He's got a better, you know, this is, he's got these, he's got this gear now. He's not, and I'm, and I'm putting this whole story together. Like, did he get out of prison, get a bunch of kids right. to help him a year ago? Like get a, get a, you know, like a, a yard crew together. And then he put that money into buying some equipment. And now, cause the guy, the, the, uh, the oldest, um, what did we say? The oldest Jeremy? What was oh, his name? Oh, Tyler. Mm -hmm. The oldest Tyler. Tyler. The oldest Tyler. The oldest Tyler looks like a competent guy, like a guy that can get things done. Okay. Like he, he the, the wakeboarding thing didn't turn out. He probably did some commercial fishing time and now he's working on this crew because, you know, he's maybe had a little trouble, but he seems like, a, he seems like somebody that, that can, um, that can do a job. He's not, he's not, uh, he's not like, a, uh, 
he's not a charity case. So I'm, uh, so I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at this more carefully. And the thing is, I, I felt that the guy did a bad job when he worked on my house, but in the end, when I went to pay him, I realized that I did have cash, but it was in the form of rolled coins. (laughs) Oh, no, it's so undignified for everyone. I didn't ha- – it was terrible. I did oh, not have no. enough money, and so I paid him in probably <laughs> – I probably gave him $80 worth of rolled. <laughs> you didn't want to crack into your foreign currency cigar box? <laughs> no, I don't think he would. I think he was and, – and he <laughs> Would he you definitely, accept these rupees? <laughs> he definitely was mad that I gave – that I was giving him like rolled – Nickels. I imagine his exact reaction was, oh, man. Yeah. It was like a shoebox full of money. And I was like, I'm so sorry about this. I told you I'd pay in cash, and it turned out I didn't have the bills. And he was like, ugh. So I felt like, although he'd done a bad job, like, we had a fair exchange. He did a bad job, and then I I gave him a shoebox full of money. Hey, all money spends the same, you know? That's right. That's right. But in watching him down here with this crew, I was like, I still feel like I'm owed something from this from Skeeter too. Mm-hmm. He did. He did. What ended up happening was he didn't take away the the wood that he cut. Mm. He didn't. He didn't truck the wood out. And so I had a bunch of wood, and I had to put an ad in Craigslist that said free firewood. Oh, and then man. I stood. That's stood like around. a hair operator like sending you home with a bag of hair. With a bag of hair. That's weird. I mean, frankly, I met a lot of interesting people that day because the people that come to get free firewood in August <laughs> are okay. some, they are some real preppers. Okay. Um, I had a lady show up in like a Honda hatchback and I was like, I don't know, lady, there, these, this is a lot of wood here and they're long pieces. Like I didn't, they're not cut up into pieces that'll fit in your fireplace. She was like, no problem. Don't worry about it. I can handle it. It's like the wood equivalent of buying a quarter of a cow. Yeah. You're not going to get a bunch of little neatly wrapped fillets. That's right. This is a, this is a side of beef. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, and my thing is it's free, but I, but I just want it out of here. I don't want to, I don't want to sit and talk to you about it. It's free. So, but the problem is Merlin, I Mm -hmm. did want to sit and talk to them about it. Well, sure. And so. I helped this lady load these giant logs into the back of her Honda. And I was like, what are you doing with this? And she said, are you kidding me? You can heat your house all winter with this stuff. Hmm. And I was like, right. And then all afternoon, people came by. Finally, all the wood was gone. But like three more people came by after the wood was all gone. And they were like, where's the wood? I was like, it's just some wood. Seriously? Go to the forest. There's wood Wood a plenty. <laughs> anyway, watching Skeeter too, I was like, I still feel like I'm owed for that. Yes. Oh no, I just I wanted to. I'm, I'm, I'm listening, and this is I. You know me. I like uh, I like a little mystery. I have I have three potential uh, theories here, and I also have I'll make them quick. I have three potential theories, and uh, and and I have one uh, possible idea for how you can figure this out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, number one is that this uh, Skeeter it represents some kind of a franchise. I'm just throwing that one straight out. I don't think it's a franchise. Okay. It could be, but I really doubt it. I don't know how it's. The one that I think is the most plausible is that Skeeter 2 is like the character Fagin in uh, Oliver Twist. And that basically he's recruiting boys <laughs> to go and pick a pocket or two, except in this case, it's, you know, you're, you're making, making wood. You know what I mean? Yes. The one, yes. The one I'm most interested in, I just sent you a, a, a tweet by one of my favorite writers, uh, Ashley Feinberg. Ashley Feinberg's beat is that she goes out and, especially using things like social media, she does the wildest detective work to figure out what's happening with public figures. She found James Comey's secret Twitter. She found Sebastian Gorka's Amazon wish list. But I think she has a special obsession uh, with the president's son, Donald Trump Jr. So Donald Trump Jr. on his Instagram had posted a photograph <clears throat> of an old uh, Zippo lighter, some spent, what would you call those, casings from a casings, like from, yeah. from a rifle, probably, yes. and a, a recently lit cigar. And good on him. He did a pretty good job lighting it, nice and even. Uh, sure. Written across it diagonally, Donald Trump Jr. has written, getting the weekend started right, three exclamation points. And then she uttered uh, a phrase that I still think about twice a week. She said, 
Please meet the most going through a divorce man alive. <laughs> Sometimes, John, I cannot put my finger on it. In the same way that you knew that was a Skeeter on, yeah. on site, you know, you get that Malcolm Gladwell blink thing. I can yeah. sometimes identify somebody who's definitely a going through a divorce man. Going through a divorce man. So I don't know if that's precisely it, but I'm intrigued by, by the idea, especially inspired by young Chris, who I th- mm-hmm. right now is my favorite character. He's the one that I'm going to be watching. Yes. Is it possible? Yeah, I love your bowl of alcohol explanation. I think that explains a lot. But is it possible that these are all people who are going through some sort of familial probably marital tumult right now. Because could this be, uh, not a band of brothers, a, a band of uh, divorcees? So, as you know, I have a fair amount of, of experience with this particular demographic of American men. Hmm. Like, if you, if you drink alcohol from a bowl for lunch, <laughs> I can tell you apart from someone who's just having a beer. I can tell okay. you apart from somebody that's even got a flat. There's 80% of the world that I can say you're probably not right now. And now I'm going to focus yeah. on the 20% of uh, the world that I think you are or could very well that's be. Right. And, you know, you look at a guy that's, that's down on his luck and you go, what's the state of his teeth? <laughs> <laughs> This episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you by Mac Weldon. You can learn more about Mac Weldon right now by visiting MacWeldon.com. Mac Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. Their website is very, very easy to use. I use it all the time. Mac Weldon will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants, and more that you'll ever wear. They have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. They want you to be comfortable, so if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it, and they will still refund you with no questions asked. Not only does Mac Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well, too. Good for working out, going to work, going out on dates, back when we had dates, and <laughs> just everyday life. They're also great for sitting around during a, a global pandemic. I do it every day. Uh, 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 it's really true. Right now, I'm wearing uh, their Tech Cashmere Long Sleeve in uh, Charcoal Heather XL, because I like a little, uh, a little bit of a roomy fit. I'm a big fan. And, and here's a neat thing. Mac Weldon uh, really does value its loyal customers, and that's why they've created the Weldon Blue loyalty program. And here's how it works. You just go and create an account. That is totally free to do. At level one, you can place an order for any amount and never pay for shipping again. Wow. Level two, once you purchase $200 worth of products from Mac Weldon, not only will you continue to receive free shipping, but you will also start saving 20% on every order you make for the next year. Wowzers. Also at level two, that grants you access to new products before they are released to anyone else, as well as free gifts that are added to future orders. Pretty, pretty Cool. So listen, now, what I want you to do right now is go to MacWeldon.com slash R-O-T-L, just like it sounds, and that's going to get you 20% off your first order using the promo code R-O-T-L. R-O-T-L. Again, just like it sounds. Our thanks to Mac Weldon for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. Teeth teeth tell a story. They do. Especially in America, you know? If a fella's going through a bad divorce, if if he's hit the skids... It's not going to affect how he chews for a while, right? Like, like chew strength um, is a thing that takes a while to degrade. And in yeah. particular, it's not going to cause him while he's sitting in his truck to just kind of be chewing his tongue, right? Like somebody whose teeth are more more or less like gone. You are not going to immediately see discoloration and decay, uh, let alone like lots of missing ones. Probably. Right. Right. So there are a lot of, so a lot of guys that are, uh, that are, that are hitting it, hitting it pretty hard. You can, you can, you know, you can say like, okay, is this a guy with a lot of sun damage to his face? Who's been working outside for many years? Is this a, is this a salty sea dog? Mm-hmm. Who's, who stared out at that wine dark sea, uh, day in day out, not knowing whether it's day or night, pulling those crustaceans from the bottom of the ocean? Is this a fella that's worked on oil derricks? Mm. You know, like like 
What do you Look call somebody who does that? You call him an oily? What do you call him? A Derek? Uh, Derek? No, a, you, Derek Yeah. You call him a wildcatter. Wildcat. A wildcatter. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is this somebody whose knuckles are swollen? How swollen are his knuckles? Like, how big are his calluses? Is he just one big callus? Um, is he, you know, is he freshly out of jail and just hit the sauce super hard, or has he been, has he been on a maintenance regimen of sterno for <laughs> eight to ten years? Right? Yeah. Does he? Does yeah. he remember? <laughs> does this seem like a guy who is still uh, a vintner of, say, toilet wine? Yeah. Right. 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 Uh, when when he was married. Uh, do you think his wife was a nurse or was she a, somebody that worked in the bar that he went to? A retired stripper. Also, I don't want to be too on the nose, but I think probably tattoos and the tattoos that are covered up tell a story too. If you've got like a large Jane Grace style sleeve, that's one thing where you covered up a whole arm. But like, if you've got very significant cover-ups on your neck, Right. Well, or if you've got a tattoo on your neck of a mosquito tapping into the main vein, which is how Skeeter got his name. Oh, interesting. Okay. Skeeter, I mean, Skeeter's real name was not Jethro. Was it Jethro? (laughs) I just called him Skeeter because he had, because he had, he, when he was at the tattoo parlor, Uh he went in there with an idea and he said, I want a mosquito. So it's kind of a Trump loyal effect. It really looks like there's a mosquito on there, huh? Well, if the mosquito was nine inches long, I mean, it took oh, up his. Oh no, that's too neck. big. It's too big. Oh no! So it's like a thrush uh, sticker, yeah. like oh dear. Okay, is that the name, name brand the woodpecker you put on your car for your uh, for your boom boom noises? Is it called thrush? Uh, Remember I'm talking about? Remember you used to get this thing to make your car louder. Uh, the, a glass pack? Could be a glass pack. I'm sorry I interrupted. Uh, that's too big, John. That's too big for a mosquito, I'm just here to say. Right. Well, ski- and Skeeter's die uh, has died. Yeah, Skeeter yeah. Sorry, uh, RIP. May his memory, memory be a blessing. And and it may have been it, it may have been that the mosquito finally uh took his took his final toll. <laughs> Hepatitis right? G. <laughs> um this guy, you know, like oh, I didn't God. get close enough look at him to know, like, does he have tattoos from the Navy? Probably not. He looks like he looks like somebody that maybe the Navy wouldn't have taken even when he was young. Anyway, I walk over to uh, to the the oldest uh, Tyler, the oldest brand. Uh, who? Brandon? Tyler. Would Tyler, you want me to change it to Brandon? Tyler. I can change it to Brandon if you want. No, no, the thing is I just I just Tyler's like I like Tyler. Tyler was our notional name for our child before my wife gave birth because it with with much respect to all the Tylers, it is the most generic American name. Tyler. And the thing is I'm having a hard time remembering it. I knew yeah. a couple of Tylers. Sure. I've known I know some very good high quality. I I know Tylers who do podcasts. They're they're there very high Tyler, quality people. Tyler at my university, a good 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 friend of mine that was a good Tyler. Um Toby's though you got to watch oh, out for God. Toby. What if it's a girl? That's a cute name for a girl. Oh, that's a great name for a girl. That's a real. Toby. Guess what Syracuse wanted to name uh, name his uh, kid. That's a great name. Toby October with an I. wanted to name name her October from the U two album with Toby being the uh, canonical nickname. I think that's adorable. Toby is good, although Toby <laughs> could also be the name of a leader of a motorcycle, all girl motorcycle gang. <laughs> Not a problem. So I went down to, to, to the oldest Tyler, and I said, hey, what are you going to do with those wood chips when you're all done? Yeah. And he and – and, and Skeeter, too, was up in a tree at this point. And Skeeter, <laughs> too – oh, here's one thing I knew, I knew was wrong. I came – I'm watching him work, you know. And Skeeter, too, up in the tree did not like me standing there watching him work. Oh, interesting. He was – he was eyeballing me from the top of the tree. Is it, is it that he didn't? Okay, so is it possible he doesn't like you being close to the work, or he does not like you interrogating the oldest Tyler, or both? He, I think before I even talked to Tyler, okay, he was like he has that natural, that natural instinct of somebody that's up to no good. Yeah, uh, that is the the uh, the instinct of what are you looking at? And he's wondering, am I a neighbor that's got a problem? 
Am I somebody from the county that's there to see if oh, he's got Oh, you might be there from the government. Right? If you got to see right. him eating his bowl of alcohol, does he hold his spoon like a John Matuzak in jail type person? Does he still do the mm. scoopy thing? You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Is he's got, he's got, he's got, he's got, got two right here on you. What do you think you're looking at, Mr. Guy? And so he's, he's adjusting his ropes. He's using his two small chainsaw, but he cannot get over the fact that I'm standing there. But he's too up, far up in the tree to deal with it. And watching him work and watching the other guys around, he's not a very good, um, he's not very good at delegating. He didn't say to Tyler, you know, hey, go figure out what that guy's problem is. Yeah. So I'm just standing there. And the thing is, a guy up in a tree with a chainsaw eyeballing me, I'm not intimidated. I'm not going to be like, hey, you know, I'm going. You've, had, you've had more of that than he's had hot meals. Yeah. I'm like, you know. okay, now I'm settling in. I'm crossing my arms and I'm going to watch you. Uh, I'm going to evaluate your performance. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so uh, eventually Tyler comes and talks to me. And I said, hey, I, uh, what are you going to do with all that, all those wood chips? Because I actually have a use for some wood chips. Are you thinking of doing end. some mulching? Doing some mulching, exactly. Oh, nice. See that's, what, that's, uh, that's kismet, what, yeah. What I've learned uh, over the years is that grass uh, in your yard is not a very good use of land. You don't want you don't want a big lawn. That's interesting. Lawns, that's a, you think that's like a suburban kind of uh, normie suburban move to have grass? Yeah, lawns are uh, they use a lot of resources. <clears throat> they don't give you. They don't give back. They don't. Uh, they don't. Like absorb oh, heat or water. They take and they take and they take. I I feel you. This you know this is one reason I love in in uh, in Inglang. You know what they call their yard? They call it a garden. I always like that. They say in the front front guard, garden or the back garden. I really like that. If you think of nice. that area around your house as a garden instead of a quote unquote yard, I mean that's like having something uh, truly beautiful and botanical as opposed to a, a putting green. You know how it is when you drive through Ohio or yes. Florida and you see those guys out with their tractors like mowing. Like well, that was that when you talked about the chainsaw team. Uh, I immediately thought of the analog in Florida being, and exactly, very much the same. Because you're not talking about roofers here. Now, roofers are their own thing. They're like crabbers, oh, right? Oh, roofers you are. You it. do not want to mess with the roofers. No, uh, yeah. No. The, the local roofer I'm from was called Turk. There. It was called Turks Roofing, and they were all clinically insane because they were around tar on a Florida roof all day. I was going to say the Chainsaw Boys remind me very much, obviously, of the folks who pull up in sometimes a pickup, but often with a, a short trailer, and they go and they go fucking go ham on your lawn for 60 American dollars. And that yeah. you, see a, you see a lot of Skeeters, too, with that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's a job. You know, I did a fair amount of land uh, scraping land when scraping, I yeah. was uh, in, my, in that transition period between, like, um, Okay, you know, like I I liked to party when I was in high school, but it's not funny anymore. Exactly. You are writing and the demo. Yet, that's right. And yet I haven't quite figured out if there's another path for me. And so I worked a couple of years uh, driving around in a truck with a bunch of lawnmowers in the back, uh, you know, like mulching people's things and mowing their things and mm-hmm. – um, Hard. It's hard work. You drink a lot of Slurpees. Yeah, yeah. And well, uh, you get real efficient. You do it real fast. And the, if I remember correctly, so I only ever did. I did. I did a twenty dollars lawn job for folks in the neighborhood. But the real art was if you were one of those teams, you would try and get three or four of those. Uh, yeah. Even give a discount to one of the people in the middle, so you could just go all the way across. You could do it all in basically what half the time that it would t- or less probably that it would take to do those yards separately. Well, here's what, you know, what, what made my thing kind of interesting was that I was working for a property management company. Okay. So my properties were spread all over town. And also I learned pretty quickly that summer that there was a tempo that met the bare minimum expectation. And of, of, the, of the person who was uh, hiring of you, the, evaluating Of you. the foreman. Yeah, okay. but right. you know it's property management, so they had two hundred properties, and so if I if I was like Johnny on the spot hustle guy and did five lawns a day, I'm not getting paid any more than if I'm guy who takes a who you know who takes a bowl yeah. of alcohol. You're gonna wear yourself, you're gonna wear yourself out and make everybody else look bad. 
Exactly. So, you know, I would get three yards done a day and the foreman would say at the end of the day, huh, you couldn't have made it out to the fourth one. And I was like, oh, well, there was a thing about a, you know, yeah. there was a helicopter, yeah, helicopter and there was sure. a something, you know, and, that, yeah, and there was a, a argument with a rose bush. Yeah. I had a flat Slurpee at one point. So. Ugh, that's the worst. So I, you know, I know the game, I know the, but I just, what happened to me was at some point along the way, I, I said, well, I've got to, um, I've got to stop, uh, drinking. Mm-hmm. So that was the big turning point for me and not, in not now being a 52 year old landscaper. But yeah, so but the I mean, you know, comes they're over. there for the grace of God, et cetera. Oh, you know, here, here. Yeah. As- as- alaikum. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ty- the, 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 the oldest Tyler comes over. Yeah. And, uh, and he said, you know, and he, the thing is Skeeter too is mean. You can just tell he's mean. That's why everybody's, that's why everybody kind of. So this is where you look at the lines in somebody's face. Yeah. You you can tell what, 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 what the default state of their face probably is a lot of the time. And he's probably, he's probably grunting over a bowl of, you know, uh, bar brand (laughs) vodka, (laughs) ABC brand, right? But he's up in the tree. He's chewing his cheeks, and he's uh, he's looking down. And so, as soon as Tyler's talking to me, now he's really interested in what's going on. Of course. But Ty- Tyler has got a friendly face. He's a wakeboarder. Like he's not. Sure. He's not in charge of anybody. He's just trying to get down the road. Forgive me. How, how old roughly is Tyler? Tyler's about my age, and oh. so is Skeeter. Skeeter too. That a is very older. old for a Tyler. That's you know demographically very improbable. Yep. Okay. Although, you know, there were Tylers in my high school, so sure. it's it's that's what I say when I say the oldest Tyler. We've lost a lot of them, though. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, okay, we've so lost Tylers. We've lost Tobies. There's, there's, you know, like pour one out for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, RIP to a real one. Uh, so, so Tyler's like, you know, kind of shouting at me over the sound of the chainsaws. And I'm like, hey, I, you know, what are you going to do with these wood chips? And he's like, I don't know, you want them? And the thing about wood chips is that some people in the in the game yeah. have got more wood chips than they need. Yes. And then over here, you got people who are looking for wood chips. It, John, it's the definition of an inefficient market. It's yeah, difficult. Yeah, there's not there's not a good clearinghouse unless you're willing to sign up for next door. Um, there's not a an efficient market for connecting chip havers and chip needers. How do you put them in contact with each other? Right? What do you How want to do? do you like you with your wood? I would never in a million years say, "Hey, everybody, come to my house for something free for a day." No, thank you. I wouldn't even have a garage sale these days. But for wood chips, I mean, you know, what, what kind of people are you going to get to your house picking up wood chips? Woof. Sometimes you go you go up to these guys because I've done it many times and said, "What are you going to do with those chips?" And they go, "Oh, you know, these chips are." These yeah. chips are too good for you. These chips are earmarked for somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but other guys are like, oh, I can't get rid of these chips fast enough because if I don't give them to you, I've got to go deal with them somewhere. Yeah. And that was the case here. And what was crazy was Tyler turned around. Skeeter's looking at him. And Tyler makes this series of like semaphore hand gestures. You know, it's not sign language. It's some kind of thing specific to the trade. Where he imitates a dump truck. It's like a thieves can't or a or a hobo code. There's something That's specific. Exactly right. Yes. Okay. But but uh, but but uh, but uh, but uh, uh, the Skeeter Two. Skeeter Two is able to see even through his roomy eyes. Is able to look down yeah. and recognize the classic hand signal for this fellow with chips. That's right. Okay. They, they got they got chainsaws going all around. Yep. He looks over. He he gives a series of like hieroglyphics and Skeeter gives from way up in the tree a kind of shrug of like, yeah, sure, he can have the chips. And all of a sudden, I feel like I'm getting payback yeah. for the because if Skeeter had been on the ground with his chainsaw off, I bet you he would have said, yeah, for 50 bucks. Do you think he recognized you too? I don't know. I thought about that this morning when I woke up. The first thought I had in my head when I woke up was like, because I heard the chainsaws again and I was like, I, do you think that he recognized me? I think he does. Because we sat and, you know, like stared at each other. Sure. But then, no, I don't think so. I don't think he rec- I don't think he's looking at me thinking, it's the guy with the shoebox full of nickels. Because if he had, I think he, he might not have tra- taken the job. Yeah, I think he would have said 50 bucks 
for the you know like you owe me oh you owe i me see 50 right. bucks for and i'm sorry i apologize this is not your job this is the what are the people down down the hill what are they yeah some well so what the people happened? down below i think you said yeah the people the people below what what happened was there was a kind of a an abandoned house down there one of the nice uh elderly couples on the block here bought the property because they were going to have their son restore the abandoned house and move in and basically their backyards would would connect oh that's nice but then the son didn't want it and so what they did the 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 nice elderly couple down the street the man of whom is the guy that's always walking around circulating petitions because the the chamber of commerce has decided they're going to put a a pot uh dispensary in the place where the old like haberdashery was oh, and he wants okay. the, he wants the community to rally together and keep the the pot dispensary out cuz you cause, is it cuz so, you don't want that kind of element well it's going to bring a lot of traffic is mm-hmm. the thing mm-hmm. all of a sudden you know where are you going to do there's traffic yeah. and it's like you know out here you see a car every hour but there's going to be more traffic a car every 2 hours but it's probably not good for property values is what the man might be thinking that's right that's right. And, and, you know, he's a, he's a natural born activist, a, a classic NIMBY. Mm-hmm. But in this case, in his actual backyard, he sold the, uh, he sold the, the plot of land that had the abandoned house on it, but he subdivided the property and he sold the other half of it to somebody who's going to build a house there. Hmm. So now the NIMBY has actually put he doesn't want a pot dispensary, you know, like three but miles well, the away. The things but, that he's doing literally in his backyard are not going to be great for the neighborhood. Right. And the and the house that he sold, the abandoned house, is all fixed up now, and it's nice. But the problem is that the guy that bought it also bought a mini bike. It's like a uh, it's like a COVID nineteen uh, boredom mini bike. Mm-hmm. And he rides the I didn't know those bike. were still around. Those definitely predated mopeds. They were very popular among hillbillies in Ohio. Oh, man. I, you know, I, my, uh, my mom, mom's boyfriend, Bobby, bought one at the Midway Drive-In for me. Oh, wow. Uh, which, was a, which was the swap meet in Midway that mm-hmm. used to be there before they built the Lowe's. Yep. And uh, that's also where he found Barney, Barney the dog. Was, he found him at, Barney at the Midway Drive-In. Oh. But, uh, but I, had a, I, had a, I had one of those Honda you know, mini bikes with the, with the fat tires that was one foot off the ground and used to ride it around my backyard. <laughs> but, uh, but this, this isn't one of those cool mini bikes. This <laughs> is something that's like a stretched out something. I don't know what, you know, there's so many motor vehicles now. I can't even keep them all straight. Did you see, uh, did you see, um, <clears throat> uh, John Lewis's hearse? I mean, with all due respect, I'm not, not, this is not to make fun. John, John Lewis's hearse was so fucking badass. It was the coolest hearse. It still had like the performance characteristics of like, I don't know, like a Ghostbusters car or a Herman Munster vehicle, but it looks totally modern. It was really, really cool. I'm very perplexed by vehicles today. The, the, the various combinations of different kinds of vehicles have created some eldritch horror. I'm very confused by a lot of vehicles. I'm also confused by them. And I, uh, I saw the pictures of, of his uh, procession across the Edmund Pettus Bridge, but oh, I did geez. not... Oh, oh no! This was going taking him to the Capitol today, but oh, oh no! I didn't see that. I didn't see that hearse. So anyway, I, it's, it's so it's like a chopper mini bike. You see, it's, it's, it's uh, elongated. Yeah, it's but it's but low. Okay. It's a low chopper mini bike. The problem is, it's like a. <clears throat> it's got this exhaust note that's like, and he rides around in circles in his yard. <laughs> One must so, imagine Sisyphus happy. <laughs> it's not. It's not like a motorcycle that drives by on the road that's annoying. Uh-huh. No, no, it it's, just keeps going around. But I bet you still get a little bit of a nice Doppler effect from it. <laughs> what a shit show! Oh no! Oh, I wouldn't like that at all. I don't think. So it's the people next to him that are there. Somebody's going to build a house next to his, okay. and they're the ones that are chopping down all the trees. Now the people next to them hmm. are the ones that have an um like a full-sized swimming pool underneath what looks like an airplane hangar 
like a like a like a prefab kind of hanger, but but made out of uh, plastic, not like corrugated plastic rather than corrugated metal, and they heat it with a wood burning stove. Well, that doesn't seem very wholesome. So whenever you see the whenever you see the the, the fire burn and whenever you smell the the, huh. the smell of firewood, it means they're heating their swimming pool. Those people are right next door to this lot where Skeeter Two is working. That's okay. That's weird. Anyway, okay. Tyler give, gives these signals to Skeeter. Skeeter shrugs. Tyler turns back to me and goes, "Yeah, let's go. You know, I'll follow you." Okay. They've got a whole load of of chips. I hop in the car. Tyler follows me across the across the neighborhood to my house. We dump the chips in the front yard. Big, 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 huge pile of steaming chips, <laughs> which is going to help me mulch, mm-hmm. get rid of the grass, turn my front yard into a garden. Yep. And then, uh, and then you know, and, oh, and then Tyler was like, "Well, you got to like drive me back to where we." I, I, I was getting my gloves on, ready to work, and he was like, "You got to drive me back. Mm. I don't, I don't know where I am." I was like, "Oh, right, not everybody can find their way back," you know? Yeah. You know that. No, no, I understand. I, that's me. That's me. You, uh, you have the your bias is because you have a great sense of direction. You probably are not entirely aware of how bad other people's is. Yeah, I was. I was like, see you later. My wife's like that like, too. She's 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 immune to being lost. Whereas I am I am perma lost. I'm always discovering new things that I've been to many times. <laughs> well, in in a way, that's fun. In a way, that's a wonderful life, right? It keeps things fresh. It's like, mm-hmm. Wow, I've never been to this art supply store before, and it's like Merlin. That's, <laughs> you go here every that, month. <laughs> that's the art supply store, right? What's the name? What's right the name there of, on, on what's the name of that fellow? It's, it's, it's who one, is that guy? You've been going to it for twenty five years. <laughs> All right, so did you so, get a ride back. So got, gave him a ride back, and now they're out there working again. Although. This morning, oh yeah, oh my God! You know what happened? Hmm. They were cutting down trees, which was, I think, like this is what I'm trying to tell you. It's above their pay grade. These guys are loppers. Hmm. They should not be cutting down like full size fir tree. They just don't have the equipment for it, and I don't think they have the. I don't think they have the mental muscle for it. You know, that's perhaps the the physics background, right? To cut down a hundred foot tall tree, you've got to be kind of a scientist. Uh-huh. Have you ever watched somebody cut down a hundred foot tall tree? I feel like I have, but uh, I'm going to assume I have because I mostly just forget things. But I do know there's more to it than you think. It isn't like a cartoon where you come up in a plaid shirt, hit it, hit it with that, uh, hit it with the chainsaw, and say timber. Like I know there's a lot more to it. There's a lot to like we don't know which way this is going to go, you know. And, and and like so many things in life, people think about where they're standing, uh, not not the uh, area that will be impacted. And you can right. get yourself and- into a real pit- dilly of a pickle. Not least because, for example, how are you going to get that thing out of there? How are you going to get it out of there if it's all stuck between these trees? Are you going to cut it into pieces? Like, what are you going to do? It's, there's a lot to it, a lot, a lot of moving parts. You're saying it. You're, you're, you're describing it perfectly. And, uh, and the, the other thing is in a, uh, in a densely populated environment, you can't just drop a 100-foot tree. There's houses all around. Shit, dog. So you got to get yes, totally. you climb way, way up there and start cutting the top of it out. But you can't just be hanging on to the side of a tree where the <clears throat> where the top half of it is fallen any way, any which way. You know, you got to have all kinds of ropes and pulleys, and it's it's te- it's technical. Mm-hmm. And you need a bigger chainsaw. So these guys are out there; they're cutting. Uh, they're cutting down trees that are too big for what they know how to do. Oh boy. And looking out the looking out the window right now, <clears throat> I believe that they have felled a tree and it has landed on the roof of the swimming pool. The the, the plastic corrugated roof with the wood burning stove? I believe that the tree has crossed the property line and is now resting. John Morgan Roderick, did that happen as we are recording? I I believe that it happened just before we started recording because looking out the window on my way to uh to my recording bunker uh-huh. I took note of this situation which seemed 
uh, like the the tree was a little cattywampus, not in the not in the place that I would have put it, mm-hmm. and that is almost exactly when the chainsaws stopped and they have not started again. Is there? Do you have? Ooh, is there any way that you could from your house see and know, or do you, would you need to walk to see it? That's the problem. I would need to. You're killing you know, me right now. You're killing. We're living me. in the suburbs here, and yes. uh, and things are are just far enough apart that you you have to sometimes go down go down the alley. Are you going to leave us hanging for a week, or will you post this on your internet? Because I, uh, I need to know what, 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 if that happened. I guess I'm going to have to after we're after we're done here. I guess I'm going to have to walk down there, and um, oh you know, God. now I'm friends with them. Now that we're all sure. friends. I mean, Skeeter himself, if I show up down there and take a picture of, of, of the fact that he felled a tree and it landed on top of the, the swimming pool, the wood-fired swimming pool, <laughs> he's not going to be happy about that, oh, I don't think. Oh, man. But if I'm like, hey, I'm just looking for some more wood chips, you know, as soon as you get that tree out of that situation, boy, that, you got yourself into a sticky wicker here, didn't you? And then <laughs> I'm <I'll>, Duke boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stand around with them all where we're, we're yeah. all looking at the tree from seven different angles trying to yeah. figure out what, what happened here. Yeah. If you make a cut there, well, that's going to change the center of gravity. Well, this really song. fucks up my suggestion for how I thought you could solve this. It's not now it's going to be difficult for you to do this today, but I'm going to toss it out anyway. And the idea okay. is this. If they are still around for a few more days, at some point you find a reason to amble over there and, and, and do some talking. And if you have the opportunity to talk with Skeeter too. I think you say to him something like, hey, listen, let me run something by you, just for what it's worth. My nephew, yeah. Rudy, you know, he just finished high school, you know, didn't even get to graduate. And he's really uh-huh. good with his hands. You know, are you ever looking for to, to, to bring in a new blade? You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And, and this open potentially opens the door to find out what the fuck is going on with these guys. So I mean, he might say, does, is he, he's, so he is not old enough to have a terrine of liquor. And and you'd say, well, no, no, he doesn't. He doesn't right now. Wink, wink. But like I say, he's pretty good with a blade. This is the the thing is this is the this is the most confusing part about this because because when presuming that it's the same guy when he worked on my house at the farm, there was such a halfway house vibe about the crew. But the halfway house, it wasn't clear. What the house was halfway between? What the what two things it was it was in the middle of? That's a that's a, like, that's so astute, John. How can you know if you're halfway if you don't know what you're between? Right. Where are you coming from? Where are you going to? I think it's very arrogant to assume we know where this where this has come from or where it will nominally end up. That that right. that takes some stones. So if you go to a lot of <clears throat> if you go to a lot of like uh, like drug and alcohol treatment events mm-hmm. as i have done does that does, does something like aa count for that uh yeah th- okay. those you know any kind of meeting but also like um there are all kinds of sober events that people who are in the recovery movement you know they'll try to put on a rock concert for sober people oh that's nice as like a hey, you know, you don't have to stop rocking just because we're not on drugs. Like, let's see. here he is, Ted Nugent. <laughs> um, I actually, I actually saw Ted Nugent at a sober event one time. Did he shoot a bow? Or excuse me, uh, shoot an arrow nope. with a bow? But he talked. He talked about the fact that his guitar could shoot the balls off of. A this sounds a lot like those thousand. Christian groups that come to your school and rip a phone book in half, or, or like throw a half court shot to show the the work of the Lord. It's really true. It's really very much like that, and there, are, and if you if you're at those events, you know it's a it's a it's an incredible cross section. People trying to get sober they always represent a cross section. There are people who are there because they got in trouble with the law. There are people there who who earnestly and honestly are you know believe that they have reached their bottom and are ready to make a change. There are people who are just in and out of recovery for decades. Mm-hmm. And never can kind of quite plant their feet. There are people that are just like wet brain that have um, that have done so much damage to themselves, and somehow I don't know. Sometimes something tips you over. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are people who are at sober events who are temporarily sober and are there with a huge chip on their shoulder, 
uh, about how bullshit it is and how everybody here is bullshit. And, you know, you can just tell that they're, you know, they're part of that, like, I'm sober for a month crew. And they're, they're, that's true at AA meetings. That's true any, anywhere in recovery you go. And you kind of walk around a group like that and you sort of try and pick your people. You want to find the ones that look like they're headed somewhere and not people. You, you, you want to stay far away from the people that are on the edge that are like sarcastically critiquing mm-hmm. the fashion because, of because the other people. It, I, I imagine it's very much the so, one time Jerry Seinfeld on Seinfeld famously said breaking up with someone is like tipping over a Coke machine. You got to rock it a few times to get it to go. I would have to imagine that, first of all, everybody's journey can be very different, I imagine. Yes. But yes. that part of that journey is you have to tip that Coke machine. It's going to, your first cut at that is probably fairly unlikely to be the one that endures forever, I'm guessing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and, and you never <clears> – when you see somebody a, at a meeting or in a sober event that it's very clear that this is not their last day, you know, like <laughs> yeah, they've, yeah. Got, they've got some road to travel. If you're – if you've been sober for a while, you, you, you feel tremendous sympathy for them or or rather, you know, empathy for them because it's like, hey, I'm glad you're here. And I hope you can get as much out of this as you can get and take it with you so that later on when you want to come back here, you remember it well and you, you know, maybe you can, um, you got a toehold here if you ever want to come back. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, a guy, a guy in an AA meeting when I was 19 told me like, son, you got more drinking to do. Mm -hmm. That's the wrong take. But you know, he was one of the old, old guard. Um, but when you're in those, when you're in those situations, you can kind of see the ones who, um, who aren't, who, well, you can absolutely see the ones that aren't beaten yet. You know, they're not, they're not, they're not done. They're not, they're not ready they're not, to capitulate to this process. That's right. Or just capitulate to alcohol. Because I mean, that's say, I like, mean, step one. If you, it seems to me, if you really, really, really do step one, it's it's on a level of deciding to become born again, or you know what I mean, of like yeah, really yeah, making yeah. making an all in commitment here. I I would have to imagine is is like the day that 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 takes for the last time must be very profound in retrospect. You know what what I think it is is that is the acknowledgement that all of us, when we're trying to transition from one, when we're, we're trying to transition from a bad situation to a better one, mm-hmm. the, the problem is that we all feel like we want to bring some things with us from the bad times. We want to be done with the abusive relationship. We want to be done with the bankruptcy or the, or the alcoholism. But we definitely want our girlfriend to come with us. You know, like I'm done with the abusive relationship, but I don't want to break up with my girlfriend or I'm done with the bankruptcy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm declaring bankruptcy, but I don't want to get rid of my business because that's my nest egg. So you you end up sort of applying asterisks to your acceptance of this that are going to be at cross purposes with succeeding. That's right. That's exactly it. Because if you're, and what happens with alcohol is you're like, I am done being an alcoholic, but I don't want to like entirely 100% never be able to have a glass of wine with dinner again. You know, and what, what, when you finally quit, what you have to do, like you're saying, the, the, the nature of it that is like being born again is that you say, my judgment, I no longer have faith that I can discern which of the things is good. You know, I cannot discern. Um, I have made enough bad judgment calls that what I need to do is, is, um, acknowledge that my judgment is bad. Yes. And so if my judgment is bad, then I'm not the one to stand here and say what things I'm going to pick and choose from the old life to bring to the new one. You just have to make a break, a clean break. Hey, I have to take a shit. So can't leave an abusive relationship and still be in a relationship with the girlfriend that was abusing you, right? You can't go, you can't get sober and still have a, have a drink. But, but, 
more importantly, I mean, it's the hardest thing for any of us to do, which is to say it's not the problem was not the booze. The problem was not the girlfriend. The problem was I'm making bad decisions. The judgment. And I need, that is, I, 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 I need yeah. a new uh, <clears throat> I need I need a, a, a clean slate. And in looking at uh, Skeeter 2, <laughs> I do not see <clears throat> any contrition in him. I see if he is, if he no longer is drinking uh, a liquid lunch, it's only temporary, right? Mm -hmm. He has not, um, he has not turned his life and his will over to God as he understands him. Like he's still, he's still uh, tilting against windmills. And the crew that was with him before it felt like if it was a halfway house situation that he had gone to some youth center where incredibly vulnerable kids were just, you know, like had been just released from juvenile hall or, you know, there was some kind of really real, they had a real tenuous hold on. So they were talking about in that case, the Fagan scenario. The fake, exactly the Fagan scenario where he is, where he is exploiting the kids, kind of like when the Long Winters had the School of Rock kids be their band for the big showbox show, mm-hmm. and um, and you know it was basically a situation where, um, like fifteen kids under the age of of twelve learned twenty five Long Winter songs, and did a pretty darn good job with them, I have to say. And their experience of it was that their parents were paying tuition for them to do that. Uh, and then at the end of the night, I gave each one of them a $50 bill. That is so cool. But also they're motivated. I mean, they're, they're so motivated, motivated to do a good job and they don't want to look bad. You know, I, it's, the, I think I was going to say a little bit ago, that's not really related, so I hadn't said it. But like I remember at the time in college, there were a handful of I believe they were called not a handful. There was a number of what were, I believe were called non-traditional students, which is just to say people who were like a fair amount older than the age at which people typically start college. And not for any reason. A lot of times they were just you know they had a career and or whatever, and they were just ready. And they were like to a person pretty much much better students than any of yes. us. And it, I don't think it was just because they were older. I don't think it's just because they were quote unquote smarter. I think it's because they were motivated. And I yes. can now in retrospect, that's not difficult for me to understand when I look back. And I mean, I was by no, I, I, all of my money that I got for college for my cheap $5,000 a year state college was all financial aid, not merit stuff. I was not a very good student, but I, you could just look around and see all the folks of kids of privilege, really, who could just waltz into anywhere. There were kids like, you know, my girlfriend who was like, well, if you, you can go to Brown or you can go to New College and get a car. <laughs> right. But the, the folks who are in their 30s and in some cases 40s were very, very focused. They were prepared. They had it all done. And I don't know. I imagine it's a mixture of a lot of things, including being more grateful, being more serious, realizing you're paying for each one of those classes out of your own pocket. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, but I mean, I mean, the opposite can be true for young people too, where young people are, they, it's so important knowing that they know so little, which some smart kids know how little they know, they give it everything they've got and you kind of can't help but have affection for their enthusiasm. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's why I was such a much better student when I came back to college after you know, after years in the, in the field. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when I, when I finally got my bachelor's degree at the age of 47, I really felt <laughs> like I was, uh, I was probably one of the better, uh, the better undergraduates Yeah, for those last, I, for the last 30 of those years, I think. Um, but, uh, but sorry. so I don't feel like, I don't feel like this crew, I do think that they are, I think that Skeeter too is is um, is no stranger to the recovery community, but I think he might be exploiting it from within. 
<laughs> well, interesting. Well, listen, mm-hmm. we, we, we got a bolt, but I, um, it's so important to me. You tell me how you want to handle this, but I, for one, am going to have trouble focusing on much else until I know what happened with the tree. And who knows? Maybe nothing happened with the tree. What is your preferred way of handling this for 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 me and for your listeners? Is this something you will post on the internet, or is this something you want to save for the next episode of the program? I'm going to go down and see if I can get a photograph of the situation as it lay. Okay. I'm not sure that um, <clears throat> I'm not sure I'm going to be able to fully tell the story maybe uh, oh no no i understand you, t- you say as much as you're comfortable with the oh, concern of mine john i don't want to end on a down note i got a feeling skeeter 2 may not be fully bonded and assured that's exactly what that's exactly why i feel like there's been a stop work over there because he's probably saying to somebody look don't call the don't call so and so i can make this right Right, the, right. The, we don't the need to get the cops in situ- involved. <laughs> yeah, in a situation like Skeeter's in, I think probably half the time his shoddy work, he thinks he's going to get, he thinks he's going to get over on people, but then you know he's like, I'm just going to come in, I'm going to, I'm going to do this, I'm going to run this scam, I'm going to cut their trees down for half the regular price, but I'm going to do a shit job of it. But then he gets paid in nickels, <laughs> or. <clears throat> His tree falls on a swimming pool and he ends up having to... I heard he killed a kid. Yeah. He ends up having to do it for half the money, right? He's going to he's gonna be dealing with the... He's going to be dealing with the consequences. Right. Uh-huh. I mean, I bet you... I bet you if you, if you were to go figure out Skeeter 2's situation, I bet you he's on a national registry or something. <laughs> that was funny. 